Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. What on earth is that? It's a Journey Into Comics Network production! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 57 of Poor 360. I am your host, Andrew Poor. I want to thank you for joining me here on this kind of crazy episode. A lot has happened since last week's show, and I don't even know where to begin, so I had to enlist some help. I brought back the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, who talked with me about everything that happened in this early February time of the year. So, Nate, thank you for joining me here. Bro, thank you so much for having me back on the show. It's always a blast to be on Poor360. Yes. Love diving deep into the political topics and conversation, and there, like you said, has been so fucking much, man. So I- I'm really glad to be here today. Right, like it's any one of these topics could be enough to do a whole show on, but the fact that we had, we had the Iowa caucus, we had the State of the Union, we had the impeachment trial conclusion, we had some Democratic debate, we had just a lot that happened this past week. And I don't even know where you want to jump in. Do you want to? work our way forward um do you want to talk about where do you you want to jump in nate what's what's got you the most impassioned at this moment Uh, okay so let me first of all say and i'm gonna just keep it real with you this was maybe the most hopeless week in american history like the amount of just disgraceful sadness i feel for our nation right now is overwhelming bro uh <clears throat> i mean we know listen i i could be pissed about uh the impeachment and everything and that you know they acquitted trump um 48 to 52 mitt romney being a fucking crazy spur of the moment hero which i never thought i would view him as but i mean i here we are in 2020 anything's possible it was definitely a john mccain move it really was. It was in the spirit of John McCain and dude, that speech. Like I was watching live when he took the floor mm-hmm. and that speech choked me up. I was like, I'm not even like, and I'm just gonna keep it real with you. You know, I'm not a religious guy at all. I don't, I'm uh, it's hokey science to me or, you know, the hokey religion, like Han Solo says in star Wars and shit, but like that man's conviction and the way he really laid it out on the line. He knew he was committing like career suicide for his party. Yeah. And he also made history, man. First time in history that it has been a bipartisan vote to impeach and remove the president. Even though it wasn't successful, never before has somebody on the opposite side of the aisle voted in agreeance with the removal of the president. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I know he got he got definitely right through the coals by Trump and other people and but I think he knew that going in. He even said it in his his speech. Like, I know this. I'm going to hear about this on Twitter tomorrow. But I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm here doing what I think is right. And I think he said that going into the campaign, he was going to try and be a kind of some sense on the Republican Party, which they desperately need at this point. 
Well, and I mean, if you look at the thing as a whole, you had possible hopes. Lisa Murkowski could have been a savior in all this. She absolutely shits the bed and let Mitch McConnell bully her Mm -hmm. into the decision he needed because that's what happened. Let's be real. You have a 30-minute private meeting with Mitch McConnell. Only you're a part of it. And then after that, you decide not to see witnesses. You decide you don't need to know more. It's a little bit fishy. There's definitely some greasing of palms and seeing what they could do to make sure this was successful. Like, I know 67 votes was a long shot anyway, because that's getting half of the the Republicans, essentially, to go your way on on this whole thing. Well, I guess, I mean, my thing is this. If the Republican Party, which I'm not calling anymore, it's the Trump-Publican Party, and that's a fact, you can trademark that shit. Right, yeah, this this current Uh, generation of them are not true to what the Republicans of the past were. Not even close. And you know what? Here's what grosses me out to just briefly d- dish on the State of the Union. At some point in the State of the Union, Trump just drops Abe Lincoln's name and talks about how he's a great Republican. No, motherfucker. Abe Lincoln was a Democrat when Democrats were called Republicans. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, because that's the same thing. They, it, the parties kind of switched in like the late 1800s. Yeah. Because the, sure the Democrats were pro-slavery at the time. Mm-hmm. And then everything kind of switched. And yes, you can link Trump to... Or you, can link, you can link Lincoln to the Republicans, but yeah, he was in name only. Like, yeah, and he was... A, I mean, look at his progressive beliefs. Right. You know, that says all it needs to say in his, you know, from the Gettysburg Address to, to just every move that Lincoln made up until his assassination. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Getting back to the impeachment, though, a couple things I also want to point out. Doug Jones, huge balls. Doug Jones. Mm -hmm. He's in a red state, Alabama. Jeff Sessions, former, uh, was he attorney general? Yes. uh, For Trump, is running for that seat again in a very red Trump-publican Alabama. Mm -hmm. Doug Jones won in 18. He's up for re-election this year. Takes a risk and votes to remove Trump from office. Ballsy. Mm-hmm. Kind of thought he might. Joe Machen. I can't remember where Joe... West Virginia. Joe Machen's from West Virginia. And he's an independent. And he voted to remove him. I mean, if this trial would have went off genuinely with witnesses, mm-hmm. John Bolton has to testify. Mulvaney has to testify. Bring Gordon Sondland back. Bring Vindman back. We didn't even talk about those topics. Those motherfuckers were fired. They were witnesses against Trump, and what did Trump do? Snuffed him out. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah, having having that guy with his level of experience of getting escorted off the White House grounds, like, with his box of desk supplies, like, that is ridiculous. Just because kinda, he spoke the truth. It's kind of interesting in history, though, because he's going to look, he's going to be looked back as a stalwart of, like, the right path Mm -hmm. and people are going to be like look even when everybody else wavered man this guy with honor and dignity fucking walked he got walked off the fucking property it's a and and getting walked is a move they do in any high security job they do it at the casino as well because they don't want you to get fired then go run on the floor and steal some shit so Mm -hmm. They walk you off to ensure you're not on their property anymore, and it's a very humbling experience. They do it with a lot of jobs. It's like they'll oversee you collecting your things and make sure you don't take any company property or do anything stupid on your way out. 
So, you know, those guys getting fired for being witnesses. Marie Ivanovich had been released from her post, obviously. Uh, Fiona Hill has resigned. Kurt Volker has resigned. All these people that stood up against Trump are no longer a part of it. And it just is further showing the dissent and how crazy this has all gotten. Right. The thing, the thing this week that made me feel the most hopeless, though, AP, isn't really any one thing. It was just happening to be on a couple different like YouTube live streams of the events happening through the week and to just see the absolute disgusting vitriol come out of this Trump party's mouth mm. on chat. They're the worst cretins, dude. Oh, his his like, supporters. Yes, the re- the fucking small remaining supporters that are screaming as loud as they can mm-hmm. are just becoming utterly nasty. They just immediate attack mode no decorum no let's debate and discuss man there's some guy who uh said something about liking tulsi gabbard on one of my posts and i like discussed with him how you might want to reconsider that man look at all these other candidates and you might want to think about who you're really choosing because i don't know if she's the best choice right especially with where she's polling like she's probably not going to be in this for much longer you should look at somebody else right and it wasn't a mean vitriolic uh hate spewed thing we were amicable we discussed like human fucking beings that's how it, it should nice. be exactly but you can't do that with these i'm sorry ultra dumb Republicans. They just literally turn on the just they they become the president, man. They literally do what he does. They th- throw mud at everybody. They talk all the shit. They gaslight the fuck out of every person that says anything to them. They cannot be wrong. They cannot be in the wrong. Right. You know, their president, God forbid he is wrong. Right. And then they'll 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 say you're the one who's being like over dramatic and stuff when they're the ones blowing things out of proportion. Absolutely. It's really weird. It's just and like they're trying to spin. They're just spinning everything out. It's gaslighting straightforward, man. Oh, for it's sure. It's them starting a fight and then saying it's you that started the fight. It's, it's every time dude. every time I watch, I watch it happen every fucking time. Somebody will say something like, man, Trump really did wrong. They should probably have witnesses in this trial. And some crazy Trump supporter will be like, fuck you, you dumb cunt. And I'm like, what that escalated way too quickly. Right. Like, that person just made a point that that is nothing. They didn't. Why are you going there, man? Right. Like I could even and like I could even see like if you say you voted for Trump originally because you were just did not want Hillary to get elected. That was just your mindset going in. Fine. But I don't know how you can still defend that person now with whatever that's come out. Like I can understand. Like I feel like this goes beyond. Like, I can understand if you have conservative views, if you just, like... But I don't think he's even a conservative candidate. He has not does not have the conservatives' best interest at heart at all. It's all self-servants, I feel like, at this point. Like, he was at a national prayer breakfast basically boasting about... Basically, if the glove don't, cool, the glove don't fit, you must acquit kind of attitude. Like, he was kind of... He, he, it wasn't a somber acceptance of the thing. He was just like, I won, I won. He was, it, like, it, at a prayer breakfast, which... I don't want to get into the fact that I don't think there should be a prayer breakfast at the White House, but that I agree because it's yeah the whole I, I'm a religious person. I still think it's weird to have that happen. Like I feel like there should be a definite separation of church and state here. There shouldn't be religious activities on the White House. Like yeah, well, unfortunately, yet again, Republicans. Sorry, but it's fact. 
And it was conservative Republicans in the fifties are the ones that put one nation <clears throat> under God in our uh, pledge of allegiance, which didn't used to be there. And I know that because there are actually Superman comics predating that mandate that have the old pledge. Interesting. Which is really fucking cool. Spe- uh, before but- before we get off this, speaking of this, did you know that Chris Pratt started a production company called Under God Indivisible? No. Doesn't surprise me, but I thought that was interesting. You brought that up, and I was like, I remember seeing that he started like a studio that's supposed to be making like Christian conservative type films or whatever. So, oh no, Chris Pratt. Well, you know, you know how he is. Come on, though, man. Now's not a good time. Now's not a good time. That's a whole other podcast I need to have a, a soapbox on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, ultimately, Trump's acquittal is what it is. Here's the difference between the decorum of presidents. Bill Clinton got his SD'd in the White House Oval Office <clears throat> and then apologized for fucking up because he perjured himself. He lied, and then they acquitted him because lying isn't really a huge Right. High crime and misdemeanor, not as much as asking a foreign government to investigate right. your political opponents, which is still happening now because the Treasury Department has just handed over Hunter Biden's uh, travel documentation mm-hmm. from the Secret Service to Trump's Republican Senate. Yeah, that's we are in a dangerous fucking time right now, man. Mm-hmm. It, the the fact like when Bill Clinton like after the he got acquitted, he still he had a very somber speech about just like accepting what's happened just moving forward as a as a president as a nation all that and it was it was very somber and reflective as opposed to trump's which was definitely more showy like it's and i think clinton was remorseful because he had put the nation to shame he felt shamed that he was a modern president that unlike nixon he even had to drag this out he even had to have an impeachment trial right you know, Nixon, they had him dead to rights. He was guilty. And if you don't, all 100 senators are voting to get rid of you. So it's going to look bad either way. Right. So Trump coming out and just, I mean, this is. Trump was this shameless. Is, He's just. This is the precipice of history doing the exact same thing because, I mean, I hate to just bring it right back to Nazis. But motherfucking look at, look at Nazi Germany before it was Nazi Germany. 1933, specifically Germany. The party that supported Hitler was very similar to the Republicans and Trump. They let him become who he became in office, and then they couldn't control him. And guess what? Downward spiral from there, man. Well, they, Can't they, let it back in the box. Yeah, they propped up a, someone who they thought would be green enough that they could get all their stuff done and realize they were just feeding a fuel of what their, of their eventual demise, essentially. Absolutely. Like, I think and Mitch McConnell is definitely, I th- not quite puppeteering, but he's definitely enjoying the amount of power he does have right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we don't learn from History Channel, we're doomed to repeat History Channel, bro. Right. It's this, I mean, just to to break it down like that. I mean, the, the only <clears throat> consolation of this whole thing is that Trump's presidency permanently has an asterisk for being impeached. Because no, yeah, the acquittal and- doesn't undo that. It just prevents him from bidding uh from didn't remove him from office but it's still definitely impeach him as a president you can't just reverse that no you're absolutely right and here's a really dark timeline thought but let's just on a crazy fucking whim say he gets reelected mm-hmm. 
the likelihood that the House and the Senate will not be fully blue is very, very slim. I mean, if you were in Vegas bet nods, it's very highly likely that you're getting mostly an all-blue House and an all-blue Senate. Trump could be the first president ever to be impeached, not once, but twice. Right. I, w- I was going to ask you about that because yeah, it's like a lot of the seats that are up for re-election, a lot of people are looking for change. There could be a, a good, strong majority um, in both the House and Senate. But it, it is interesting because I was uh, I remember after the after the trial was over, people were posing the question of, do you think um, the president could be impeached for something else? Either before his before the next term, if he does or doesn't get reelected, um, and I was like that. That is an interesting question because there's nothing that says they can't. There's no like, like yeah, it's something that can be done. Will it? There's be a not success? a double jeopardy clause, man. Right, and it's almost it's not like they can't impeach him <clears throat> for the same act again. Like for what yeah, they, we wouldn't go through the Ukraine scandal. They would pick something a lot more. Right. Uh, let's fuck this guy up. You know, and I, you know, honestly, and I, here's 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 just I'm, not to play the constant hopeful, but I have to have hope in a dark time where, like I said, when I started this with you today, this was a very hopeless week in mm-hmm. American history, just from the acquittal to the State of the Union and how he was acting to what ends up happening in Iowa to the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the things that came to light from that very hopeless week. But my hope is this, um, the things that Trump is doing now are bad. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they knew every step of the way. And I need to be very, 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 very solid when I explain this. The Democrats knew every step of the way that a majority, if not all of, the Republican Party would just sheepishly fall behind Trump, Mm -hmm. which now there are reports coming out that there are Republican senators saying the only reason they voted to acquit him was fear of his wrath. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mafioso much? Mob boss much? I I watched The Irishman today, so I'm definitely well aware of all of that, that sure yeah yeah so what if the democrats knew that in trying to impeach trump on the ukraine scandal if they do everything right which they i don't think they did everything 100 percent. no i think they should have just fucking voted to to start the impeachment uh investigation formally that way the you know the white house couldn't say well we can didn't be we can deny these subpoenas because of whatever rule we're making up but right. saying that essentially you didn't go about this the right manner and procedure procedure sure right i think they so, did they did rush a little bit there i think they were right they wanted to get something out and i think they're not necessarily they cut corners but i think they didn't approach it as best they could correct and then they, and, then they, and yeah so like seeing the both sides the devil's advocate thing then you can see that then when it got rushed to the senate then they tried to kind of just slow things down and try and just lower the impact of this. Uh, yeah, but what I, what I think is is that I feel like Democrats knew this was all going to kind of play out, and this is not the end game for them. Like, they're not done playing chess yet. Trump thinks he won, and, they, and, he, and he might have won the game of checkers that was the warm-up, but the Democrats right now are playing a long-ass game of chess, and it's not over yet. Right, it's the, uh, they're kind of, they were setting him up to, like, make, to drop his guard a little 
Like, oh, we'll make you exactly. think that you've won this this instance and be like, okay, now I'm walking tall. I've the Mueller investigation didn't affect me. This impeachment didn't affect me. Now I'm pretty much untouchable. So he's he's feel, he's very high on his horse right now, and things could easily shift. I'll t- it, it takes one thing. You know what that one thing is? What? A video. A video or audio footage of him saying anything about Putin mm-hmm. being a friend, helping him out, getting money from any kind of uh, really dirty misdeed that no one would be cool with the president doing. If any of that audio or videotape footage exists and comes out, let's say Lev Parnas releases some of that. Right. Uh it could be the actual downfall of Trump, and then he's backed in a corner. Because you, then Republicans are going to be like, wait a minute. The first time we thought you were f- cool, and we fucking went against our better judgment. This time, what the fuck, man? There's video. Like, you're fucked. It's done. Well, do you think there's a chance that they would just try and say that was doctored? I remember over, during the Super Bowl at uh, Margo Largo, Trump was seen kind of being stupid around the, the national anthem, and like... Oh, I watched his, it, and people. Were, I remember seeing like the comment, like it's clearly him doing that, and people are saying, "Oh, this is one of those deep fake videos." I'm like, no one would deep fake that, for one, and two, like, it's something that he's like you can see he's clearly doing. There's not like fake hand movements. It's he was he was acting like he was conducting during the national anthem. Everybody else had their hand over their heart. Everybody, even his he wife. Did not. <laughs> Even his wife. Some people go, hey, man, I noticed Melania's hand is the wrong one. And I did a little bit of research, and I looked into the video because it did concern me that her hand was left instead of right. I thought that was, was a little mirrored? bit fucked up. It was mirrored because the person that filmed it was filming it from selfie mode. Oh, yeah. So and it, was... it flips everything. Right. So, And you know what tipped it off? Everyone else's was. No. Well, I mean, I, you really couldn't tell in the video where everybody else's hands placement exactly was. Text it was actually a pin on Trump. Oh, the flag pin was backwards. It was on the wrong side, too. It was not on his right lapel. It was on his left. And oh. I was like... So it was a mirrored video. Or, it was... It was. On, I, I, mis, I misquoted that. It was on his right lapel instead of his left, and it should have been the other way. And I noticed that immediately went, it is mirrored. So that's what's going on. So yeah, that video exists. It's real. It's unfortunate because it just shows he doesn't fucking care about this country, bro, at all. Well, you can even go the whole thing as far, which I I did talk about, which is getting a little early. The fact that Trump even didn't know where Kansas City was. The fact that he could care less about like middle of the like Midwestern Americans, like he doesn't care to know much more about it. He just wants their votes and just. Could care. Yeah, really good. Like, all right, they're all the same. I just... Kansas City is Kansas City. I don't care. I'm starting a Kansas cover band called Missouri. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, the whole impeachment was interesting. And the fact that it was just... This whole week had... We had the caucus on Monday, right? Failure. Right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through like just the timeline and then we'll um, we can st- sure. start talking about this. So we had the Cox on Monday, Tuesday was the State of the Union, Wednesday was the impeachment vote, and then what did we go from there? Thursday we ended up having uh, the debate. Yes, 
Thursday was the Democratic debate where they... Oh, it was in New Hampshire, right? That was the, the first... The debate was in New Hampshire, but that's where they claimed Buttigieg's victory, which we'll talk about that, too. I have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then f- we're kind of Friday... We had the Friday Night Massacre Part 2. Mm-hmm. Trump fires Vindman and Sondland, and they are walked off of White House property. Right. Uh, shocking he did that to Sondland, considering Sondland gave him a million dollars to the inauguration fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, say la vie, he testified against Trump. Obviously, Trump's going to take it out on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday, I don't really know we had anything. UFC fights were interesting, and then today has been today, man. That's right. pretty much it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so let's let's go back to the the caucus. Um, sure. Which was practically what happened in Florida in 2000. It seemed kind of like it was just like the shit hit the fan. They tried to do something new and different that ended up causing a huge conundrum. I remember at one point I checked Backfired. it. Backfired. Yeah. I remember at one point I checked and it looked like some people were just like frantically running around a gym. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I can't watch this. It's just. It was really interesting because last week I was supposed to do a follow up tag to your episode, right? Because talking about the winner, right? Because I remember I was I was waiting around. I'm like, it was like one percent reporting. I'm like, it should be done by now. They should have had the first results like an hour before I even started podcasting. And I was like, this is weird. Okay, well Nate will record later at night. Maybe he'll catch it because they'll should have their numbers before midnight at the latest, probably by ten. At and it was thirty. Yeah, and then. It was like, ah, we, we fucked up. The app is not working, and we can't find... Like, I was just like, oh my gosh. Because Trump had the victory. Like, the two other Republican candidates had, had no shot. They had up 1%. Well, when they're not even... When they're not taken seriously by their own party... Right. And I know, as a possible candidate... Right. And I know it always is this way. Um, when there's an incumbent, they typically... The incumbent gets... 99% of the vote because no one wants to usually run another of the same party against their incumbent. Like, unless some Very rarely happens. Right. Unless he's doing something seriously wrong in that party's eyes, which they don't... They, which isn't the case. They don't see it anyways. Right. Um, but to talk on the caucuses a little bit, so, you know, you did a fantastic job explaining how the caucuses work, first round, final round, all that. Right. Here's some interesting things I don't know if you're even aware of. So check this out. Do you know what Shadow Corporation is? Shadow Corporation? I do not. Shadow Corporation is the company that made the app for the Iowa caucus, okay? Okay. Interesting, right? Shadow. That's weird. Why would you call your company Shadow Corporation? That's a little bit strange. It kind of sounds like a do James you know Bond who- company. <laughs> Sure, it really does, doesn't it? Do you know who the number one donor to Shadow Company is? Probably a Republican. George Soros. Really? Fox News George Soros? Uh Uh-huh. At like $4.5 million investment. Isn't George Soros the one who like owns a bunch of like local news stations? I think so. Yeah. That one like that video that went around where like all these like local news stations across all the networks were all saying the same thing. Exactly. Same. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, what's what's more interesting than that? Who else is invested in this company? Well, Pete Buttigieg and somebody in 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 his camp. What? 
Well, Beatrice is uh, is involved with uh, those social media tech people, so that's not all unsurprising. But here's where there's an issue. Both Buttigieg and Bernie's camps have asked for a re-canvas of all the votes. Because, see, if your first vote was whoever and they made it through, that vote doesn't change. Right. The final vote should stay more always for a candidate mm-hmm. who wins because – but they're finding inconsistencies after the fact, even after they've counted the quote-unquote paper. The app is fucked up. George Soros has some involvement somehow. He's a part of that company. That's weird, you know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. We had this really huge fallout from the caucus where we didn't find out literally for four days who won. Right. And then now, you mean to tell me, here's an interesting thought, with 90, this is just, sit here with me for this, I want to get your opinion on this, because I don't know how close to the caucus you were really following it. Mm-hmm. 96% of the precincts had had been turned in, okay? Right. At that point, Bernie is one-tenth of a percent behind Pete Buttigieg, okay? Mm-hmm. One of the final areas that had not been counted is a satellite caucus. Those are places that are not in Iowa where people go and do the caucus thing to get their votes in because they like some lady lives in Florida half her year. She is in Florida right now. She can't vote. So she votes from Florida for the caucus. They do satellite caucuses. It's like absentee voting, essentially. Exactly. Well, check this out. One of the precincts. The final precinct to come in that was a satellite caucus was overwhelmingly like 44% Bernie Sanders. And that, in, from at least how I can understand math, if you're with me here, mm-hmm. was, at, was right at the 100% mark. So he closed it out. That was one of the final places that hadn't said anything. Buttigieg ended up like fourth or fifth in the satellite caucus 100 if you go on the map that they have because there's a cool little interactive map that cnn has where you can look at all the different counties and see who won what right okay bernie wins over what's up yeah go ahead you're, you're fine okay so so bernie wins overwhelmingly in this caucus Buttigieg finishes fourth that's the caucus is that's the final thing that needs to be turned in it goes to 100 percent and they still claim Buttigieg has the lead yeah that's what how does Bernie overwhelmingly take first place? It was like Bernie, Warren, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, Biden in this f- fucking caucus. Yeah, that, that. How does he still get called the winner? Yeah, it's it's very and like the slight like as you said like how it stands right now. I just I just pulled it up. Um, it stands that Buttigieg has twenty six point two percent of the vote and Bernie Sanders has twenty six point one percent. Like that's negligible. Like that is. Like, if it was 26-24, but, like, when you're within 0.1% of the other person, after that, like I said, after that satellite caucus, it's very suspicious. And I feel like in that close thing, obviously, like, one's getting 13, one's getting 12. It's still better than everyone else that's running right now, but I understand at this point, every delegate counts. It does, and it's very important to come out of Iowa strong. Right. Here's what hurts. Well, the fact that Iowa was delayed so much already hurts like people going into New Hampshire. Like there's no well, clear bump. Like this is this is where Barack Obama turned the tide in in 08. Like correct, man. Like, and, I, and off the, off the heat of winning in a very conservative state like Iowa, a black man uh taking that caucus I mean, was very impressive. That's when he kind of took over Hillary and then that changed the whole course of that whole election cycle. 
Absolutely, absolutely, man. So, uh, one thing here's a couple things that bothered me about the Iowa caucus. First and foremost, Buttigieg comes out and claim, exclaims victory before they've ever released anything. Well, didn't they? Wasn't it like after midnight? Like he just released the internal numbers that his team had. He did, yeah, and that was you know. Well, didn't just didn't uh, Bernie drop his right after that as well? After, after Bernie, Ber- Bernie, the like the following day on a plane, he did. Okay, he was like, "Here's where we have it at, and this is how we see it." And he's like, "It's really close, mm-hmm. um, but we think we've got it here, here, and here, you know." And like broke it down. And it's it's interesting because now Bernie doesn't get the lift, but a lot of people are saying now because of Iowa being so fucked up that New Hampshire's the first go. Like they're just uh, Iowa didn't happen. We're just going to ignore that that fuck up happened. Buttigieg kind of won, sort of, in a fucking shit show. And they're probably going to recount and realize Bernie won. Because if you count the popular vote, he, like, destroyed the popular. He won, oh, like, he had, like, over 4,000 more votes than any other candidate. Right. Wasn't there, I remember there being someone who said they're making a comparison to uh, the 2016 election in terms of popular vote versus delegate vote and all of that. Like, how you can't, well, you can't disagree with one and then at the same and then accept this or whatever well and actually to go back in history a little bit more i want to say it was 2008 or 2000 i think it was 2012 correct me if i'm wrong year mitt romney ran for president gotcha uh uh that year he and rick santorum were head-to-head in the iowa caucus oh rick santorum and rick santorum won but on that night, on caucus night, they gave it to uh, Mitt Romney, and that propelled his run to presidency. Uh, and then they had to go back later and say, no, 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 it was Santorum who won, but it was too late. The damage had already been done. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. Sorry, every time, every time I every time I hear Rick Santorum, I always remind the fact that I ended up at a Rick Santorum rally in 2012. What? I ended up at a ra- well. I was trying this weird thing because I I was at rallies for um, I think three. Of I was the- in college. It was an experimental time in my life. No, man. It, it, I wasn't supporting him. I was just there because I wanted to see what he had to say. So that year, I saw um, who was the the old independent guy? Like his son's now doing things, and he's a pretty staunch Republican. But his dad was a uh, independent. What was his name? Ooh. Ron something. Ron something. Ron. Hold on. Give me one second. I'm gonna look this up. Sure, looking that shit up, bro. Do it. But um. Anyway, Mitt Romney came to my school when I was when I was there in 2012 as one of his campaign stops. Um. So I I met him and I saw like the same day like the. Um, on the other side of town, Rick Santorum was doing something. So I went out there. The Duggars were there, which was really interesting. That's a whole nother. Okay. Um, and I also... I had 2012 Republican candidates. Sorry. Um, it, Ron Paul. Ron Paul. I saw uh. him, too. I saw him at, uh, at U of I. And there was Rick Santorum, Rick Perry, Michelle Bachman. Yeah. That was the year of the the rent is too damn high guy. That was Yeah. 
And I remember rent I, is too damn high. I remember I remember talking to you about how different things would be now if Romney got elected in 2012. Because if Romney got elected in 2012, he might still be president. At the very least, there, Trump wouldn't be president. Yeah, because he would have been a, going in as an incumbent into the 2016 race. Mm-hmm. And even if he would have lost it's... to whatever Democrat they would have put up, even if it was Hillary taking her moment, I don't know. Is that there... actually could have been what propelled us to get Bernie if that was how it was supposed to go. But I think, just riffing, honestly, I believe Bernie's time is now, and I don't see another candidate that's going to get close to him. Just based on his uh, fundraising numbers, his polling numbers are insane. Have you seen the New Hampshire polls recently? I've not. I've not touched anything in regards to New Hampshire. Thirty-five point in the in the polls, he's thirty-five percent. Buttigieg is like twenty-one percent. Biden's like twelve or eight percent. Interesting. Warren yeah. somewhere in there, mm-hmm. but Bernie's the well above high uh, as opposed to everybody else. I think that we haven't even talked about this, but the Joe Biden campaign danger, danger. Danger. Well, the fact that abandoned ship. I mean, the fact that coming ship. out of the Iowa caucus, he's in fourth behind Buttigieg, Sanders, and Warren, just barely above Klobuchar. Like he was expecting to come out of that. Like he he definitely lowered expectations, but I think he expected to come out at least third in this thing. And the fact that Warren did better than him, I think, was kind of a wake up call for his staying power. Yeah, which is not much, and I don't think he's going to do well in New Hampshire either. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, because once he gets to South Carolina, he's going to easily win South Carolina. I don't see him easily winning South Carolina. It's Bernie State, man. Yeah. Like, go go look at it. Look at the supporters. They're all over, and it's I'm so much to discuss, bro. There's right. a lot. There's a lot to dive into. Yeah. What what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that Bernie is not releasing his medical records? I know that's a big thing that's in the news right now is the fact that he's not releasing his medical record records post his heart attack. I think that's because right now he doesn't want what to good show does it, he doesn't want to show any signs of weakness going ex- like what point does it serve him to show that right now? Right. Because all the only reason he has, and I hate to be like this, I'm just going to use some maybe off-putting terms to some folks, but right now the establishment wants to disrupt this campaign badly, so, and he knows it. He's he's played the he already played their fucking game in 2016. He played by their rules. He lost. He's not playing directly by their rules anymore. He's going to do it his way. That's why he's surging in the polls. That's why he's doing the things he's doing. Is because, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but 2016, not a lot of folks are talking about climate change. Not a lot of folks are talking about health care for all. Bernie was talking about it. Now, those are the main topics that all mm-hmm. Democrats are driving towards. Some kind of Medicare for all who want it or need it or whatever, if you look at the top three. Uh, right. And then climate change is a big issue. We need to fix it. Right. So, I, uh, yeah. I just I don't and know. I feel like the more I learn about Pete Buttigieg, the grosser, the more I'm grossed out by him. And mm. not because he's a gay man, that's fine. Love who you love, I don't care. I'm grossed out by him because if you look at his track record, like go look at his history and some of the stuff he's done in South Bend. Do you know that he pretty much just started incarcerating only black people and lowered quote unquote the rate of crime because he was then only targeting black citizens versus white citizens and there's like 
been reports on it that are just not fluff pieces that are trying to hurt him. They're like legit. Interesting. Also, did you know a Russian oligarch is backing him right now? Hmm. That is, that is What's suspicious. that about? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to dig too deep into the weeds, and I I, I don't know I, about. Like, I still have not found my Democratic candidate that I'm supporting. It's hard, man. It really is because you know right. what's crazy. I just did this Washington Post thing with all the candidates. They updated it because you got you got fucking Bloomberg and Patrick or Deval Patrick are now a part of this thing, right? And well, you Bloomberg like, is throwing answered, serious money to fight. He has no chance. He wasting money. He is hemorrhaging money just to say he did it. Like, he, he has he no shot. A, and, he bought a Super Bowl ad. Like, what? <laughs> nobody him wants him as president. He's trying to see if he can buy his way into a nomination or at least validation. And it's, it's not working. It's not. Like, listen, I get it. He was uh, a, another form of America's mayor because he was New York's mayor. But, like, here's the reality. That's not what we need. And, and an interesting pivot point right now to discuss with you because uh, what we need, and I've talked about this with a lot of different people, and I think it's just great that you and I can have this insight in this conversation, is like every time a radicalist uh, form of Republican gets a nomination or gets the bid to be president, Democrats always do this thing where they return with a moderate centrist because, oh, we'll unite everybody. And guess what happens? Historically speaking, AP, Democrats get crushed. Okay. They lose in landslides. It's bad. It's it's not healthy for them to put up a moderate centrist up against Trump, right? Another thing, our country thrived, literally was created on the concept. And I know that the when, in the very early days of our country, things weren't perfect. There was still slavery. There was inequalities across the boards. But the idea of America was a free and better nation for everybody. And progress, mm-hmm. moving forward, changing the dial, making changes to be better. I think Joaquin Phoenix said it in his acceptance speech, which you and I will be talking about tomorrow on the foodie special. But, like, you know, um, love being a way to unite us all in a commonality and a driving force to be together because when we have our backs against the wall, humanity can think better and make things better for ourselves. And we're not right now. We're in constant turmoil and creating wars and oppression and all kinds of disgusting, dark, bad shit. We need progress. We need somebody. I hate to say, I mean, I don't hate to say it, but I hate to sound like some sort of broken preachy record for Bernie, but like we need someone ballsy enough to say, we're going to do big changes and then start working on making actual big change happen. Because if climate change is really a threat to us, if we don't get somebody who is willing to do that in the next three to five years, we're toast. We don't have time to turn the clock back. Mm-hmm. So we have to have uh, someone who's willing to say, like, shit's bad. We got to fix it. Here's how we're going to fix it. You know, everybody's like, oh, Bernie, you know, and, and, and Warren want to give free health care and how they're going to pay for it. And they want to, you know, get rid of college debt. How are they going to pay for it? And then no one goes, you know, we spent 300 and some odd trillion dollars in the military last year for the military yeah. budget. Why do we need that? What are we really defending? We just, are we just that don't... scared? 
Yeah. Can we fix our roads instead? <laughs> Thank you, bro. I'm sick of potholes. <laughs> yeah. A pot winters tax for winters, potholes. Winters in Chicago is where they're not fun. But yeah, and, I, I, and, and obviously anyone who listens here knows you're you're a very strong supporter of Bernie at this point in time. And obviously, if, say he doesn't get the nominations, I know at, at this point I think people are realizing like you can't just you got to support whoever's going to get nominated. Well, right you now I you think hope it's, that... you hope it's going to be someone. And there was um, Liz and I watched um, Marriage Story on like Monday or Tuesday. Which is another Ooh, that's a film dense that got nominated, for, that got nominated for Best Picture. Um, and there was something um, Ray Liotta's character basically said, um, "If a what is it? If you started a place of of normal and they started a place of crazy, when you settle, you're gonna settle between a place of normal and crazy. So you kind of almost like you have to not necessarily run to one side just so you balance to a, a good center point." But it's kind of like what you're saying, like, when they, you have an extreme conservative on one side, if you counter with a moderate Democrat, people are going to, you're going to end up settling somewhere in the middle there. Odds you're are gonna you're going to have not... people going, this is going to be more of the same. Right. And I, I know we need sensible solutions to a lot of this. And honestly, some of the stuff that uh, Klobuchar said... Um, in the last debate, I kind of agreed with, or I kind of liked. I, I don't know how I feel about her viability, but she's definitely showed that she has some some staying power. I think she's a great promo. She talks really well. She's she's able to get her point across. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel... I just want you to think about, right now, just for the sake of argument, think about this 2020 presidential election like a wrestling pay-per-view main event. <laughs> And what's going to put asses in seats? And Amy Klobuchar versus Donald Trump is a squash. No offense, but you're going to radicalize your your Republican base even further, putting mm-hmm. Amy Klobuchar in that position, and Trump is going to eat her alive. Right. And once he starts in on her, there's there's she does no offense. I don't think she has thick enough skin to get through it. Trump doesn't talk shit on Bernie for a reason. He calls him crazy Bernie because he's fucking scared of Bernie. Well, and Bernie is a little crazy. B- Bernie is a little fucking crazy, but it's okay because right. it's good crazy. I don't know. I, you know? The, the only thing that I'm hard, and I don't want to be like ages about it, but I have a hard time getting behind two almost 80-year-old men running against each other for president. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate and understand that. I think that you got to look at track record Age is one thing, I get it, and and I and you you can have fears too. I do think Bernie has a solid uh thought. You know, they said sometime within the next month he's going to announce his running mate. Spoiler alert: a lot of people believe that it's three letters A O C. Um, which would change the tide even more because she is this fucking internet darling, social right. media darling. But she's too green. I feel like she's. Oh, I said green. Um. Hi. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like she's a little too new to this whole thing. She's obviously she's, she's caught the kind of the zeitgeist of it, but I feel like she's still a first term congr or yeah, first term congressman. It's not the time to get on a VP ticket. 
No, I agree with you, and that's just the rumor mill. And I'm I was gonna follow that up with saying, while I think that that's like a cool idea, and people want that because they think they can that she'll bring the youth vote to Bernie, which I think he's already getting. Right. Uh, I see a way more viable person who's currently running against Bernie to become Bernie's VP. I think this is the point where some some of these this ticket needs to kind of condense. Yes. Like we and need- I tell you what. He started condensing his offices after he uh, did very poorly in Iowa. Doesn't look like he's going to get through New Hampshire. You're talking about I Yang, aren't you? Yang. He would be an amazing co-runner for Bernie. He would pull all kinds of different votes. There's a lot of totally... young people that like Yang right now. I'm telling you, man. It would be a very solid, very viable ticket. Well, and he's, he's a younger guy. He's got business experience. It, it would be a good counter, not a counterpoint, but a good companion point. And then, okay, so I'm going to go down a dark timeline. Let's say Bernie passes away in the middle of his run as office. You have Andrew Yang, who already has great ideas, who already is well-liked, mm-hmm. who can who can fill those shoes for at least two years, and then we'll see where we go with the nation. If he, he makes good decisions, he'll stay on top of it. And if not, well, then that is what it is. But listen, let's be real here. If Bernie wins the nomination, I am conceding the fact he will only have one term. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I can't see, well, let's, let's say he, let's say Bernie won. He would turn, he would be 79 when he got inaugurated. Yep. That means, yeah, he would be in his, at the end of his second term, he'd be in his late 80s. And that would be really difficult for somebody to pull off. Because when, how, because Reagan was the, the oldest serving president, he was, 82 I think. I think 82 when he left office. And he was yeah. and he was mm-hmm. in he was getting rough around the edges there towards the end. Yeah. For sure. Like there's there's pictures of him in like sweatpants and like a button up and I'm like I don't know what's happening. He's he's his his I can see your depends, Reagan. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. The same reason I I, I don't old Joe Biden's thing is that he's also up there. I yeah, I don't know. Buttigieg seems like he's trying to be Obama, which is not something he he can achieve, and Joe Biden also can't make a comparison to. No, like no one, um, no one on this stage is that is Obama, or they should even try to be. They should try to be their own person for one. Yeah, and I think you go back to the track record. You look at Bernie's body of work as the history. He's mm-hmm. he's he's always been fighting for civil rights and liberties. You had. Liz Warren tried to throw him under the bus with the he thinks a woman can't be president. And then there's video from him in 1988 saying that he thinks they can. So that was debunked 30 years ago. Like, come on, Liz, what are you doing, man? Right. Uh, eh. The sling and mud thing I don't think is going to work for Bernie because we all put up with it last time and and watched the DNC fuck Bernie Sanders over when he by all rights should have beaten Hillary and Ben the Nom, and we would never have had Trump. Well, I remember back in 2016 when, like, they were interviewing Trump about, like, giving him situations and saying, like, who is this person? He was saying himself, and it kept coming back as Bernie. I remember that vividly. I don't remember what, if it was during, obviously it was before they firmed up the nominations for both parties, but I remember that being one of the things, because it was was very interesting in 2016, because Trump was having an effect on conservatives the same way 
Bernie was having the effect on Democrats. He was capturing something different than what was the norm at the time. Yes. In very different think... ways. It was it was very interesting. It was a an interesting evolution. <sighs> Brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh so I need to I need to get your opinions on a lot of things, but we didn't even touch State of the Union, and I think there's really one big headline that comes out of that crazy filled two hour rant. Limbaugh. Oh, okay. Two headlines. <laughs> uh, I, I forgot about that. Fucking whoa! What do you think about that? The there's I don't know. I think there should have been no way in hell that. that like, I get he just, like, it was just announced that he has, like, stage, he's a late-stage lung cancer. He's probably not long for this world. But based on his track record of what he said about this, like, there's no way he should have been honored with that kind of award that's gone to, like, the likes of some pretty amazing people. Yeah. Yeah, some pretty amazing folks have won only a handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look at uh, Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Neil Armstrong, just to name a couple. Wasn't Rosa Parks also on that list? Rosa Parks won. And I think... I feel like... And wasn't this... This was the first time it was done during a State of the Union. Correct. Usually there's an actual ceremony. Oh, and... And he does... Not even... And he typically... And the president typically is the one who bestows it, not the, the wife of the president. Yeah. Uh, and l- let's look at this, too. How about... Uh, um... There's a hundred and some odd year old dude who served in our military and has all the highest honors in the room with Rush Limbaugh, and you gave Rush Limbaugh that award? Right. I mean, wasn't wasn't one of the Tuskegee Airmen in the audience? Yes. I mean, obviously you can't give him the award because it's a it's for it's a civilian award, but still, like it's just the idea of that, just to have right awarded him that in front of someone who has actually been through some shit and. Honestly, bro, I might catch flack for this. Our country's turmoil, the state we are in right now, go back in time, about 15 years, put on some bullshit Rush Limbaugh talking, and you're going to hear him say things like, you tell your Republican senators not to budge one inch with a damn Democrat. Don't work with them. Because sowing seeds of dissent. Right. And so guess what we have now? A huge divide. Guess who's to fucking blame? People like Glenn Beck. People like Rush Limbaugh. Ugh. Grinds I, my gears. Oh yeah. It, it it just it just seemed in in poor taste. I don't know. That the the whole speech was just very self serving. It was full of mistruths. I'll I'll, I'll say he, that. <laughs> He um, lied at least 70 times in that whole entire two hours. And you're right. There were mistruths because he was taking things that were partial facts and spinning them. Sure, the economy seems good for the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Sure, jobs are down because everybody has to have fucking three jobs to barely survive. So, of course, the workforce is going to be booming with people working because it's all people can do. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just saying, man, I'm just throwing it out there that he put out a bunch of bullshit and that's why Nancy Pelosi did what she did. Now, some people are going to go, that's illegal. 
it's an official government document, and they tore she tore it up. It's a copy. It's of illegal. A, it's a copy of a of a speech. It, it's it's a copy of a copy of a copy of a fucking copy of a copy of a speech. There's over a hundred copies of the State of the Union floating around. It wasn't like it was. It wasn't like it was the main. Room. Like it was the one he read from, and he handed it to her, and she just ripped it up. No, it was. It was a. It was essentially like someone printed it off, gave it to her, so she had her own version. It was a really big paper, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Um. It was very strange. Like, that it was I like will, on eleven by seventeen. I will say, I. As much as it made sense, I still kind of disagreed with the action. But I will say, like, it. I can see a lot of sizes because I do agree that it became what everyone was talking about after the say the union instead of about the speech itself. Yeah, she's done, she's managed to pull this off two State of the Unions in a row. Last year with the clap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last year uh, with the clap. Sh- uh. I mean, I hate this. It sounds like an STD. Obviously, that's not where I meant to go. Right, I, I get it. But yeah. Um, and then, of course, this year with ripping up the her copy of the State of the Union. Right. Uh, they were talking about how it was it, classless and how um, no Republicans in it, and they like cut to. Um, God, who was the last? Uh, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, like just like sitting down. Everyone was standing. He had like his eyes closed. and He was very uninterested. Just showing, just a lack of respect for the president. Yeah, it's partisanship, man. That's what the game of this is. Okay, just to go at it again. This is why, again, I think Bernie is the best man equipped for the job. Now he's not going to go out on the campaign trail and say it. But in the four years' time he would be president, I feel he, I feel confident enough that he would, if Congress was a mostly blue Congress, task them with some reworkings of our entire system. Because shit's broken. It's really broken. Right. It's it's bad, dude. This is bad. This is we don't look good. We are not the greatest nation on earth by a long shot. Now we don't look it to other places. Um, the way that somebody can be such a blatant criminal like the president was and literally walk away scot-free, unscathed, and not even have to have witnesses testify against him in the Senate is dangerous. It's a dangerous precedent that's been set. Right. And I feel like literal, deep looking at the whole system and saying, how do we tighten this ship up to where every check and balance is an actual check and balance and there's no fucking tomfoolery? Right. Well... Trump has definitely set, like, a new standard for how the presidency can even operate. Like, there used to be, like, every every day there was a press conference with the, um, I'm spacing out, on the, um, the, communi- not the communications director, the, uh, the other one. The, the per- I know what you're... What was her, it's not, um... Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she was the, um... White House press secretary, press secretary, press secretary. Yeah, there, thank you, thank you. I, I couldn't think of that. I'm like, communication secretary, like, that's not right. Um, yeah, like how that was, and they've done away with that almost immediately and made them more, they didn't really treat them the way that they've done. Like, they've definitely changed the way that any president from the in the future can choose to do things this way, and there's now a precedent for it. Up to this point, everything has yep. been done a certain way, regardless of who was in charge. Yeah. Well, and now it seems that a president can just blatantly break the rules, tell people not to testify, completely ignore all subpoena, all subpoenas, and just say, you can't touch me. 
And I tell you, here's the dangerous precedent we've set. And this is, I didn't want to bring this up a lot because I don't want it to be misconstrued as uh, anything more than conjecture because this is me conjecturing. But right now, uh, with what the Senate's acquittal does, is it sets a precedent for Trump that if in his best interest he feels the nation doesn't need to have an election to vote him out. They're just going to say, oh, well, yep, I guess you're right, because we gave you free reign to do anything you want. Yeah, it's still it's still unsettled. There are me. people... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there are people who actually think it's possible that Trump could cancel the election. And just have an automatic second term. Correct. Well, it's still unsettled because to the fact for that, the that, he betterment of the country. That, that he shares this video... Of like the time article that shows like Trump twenty twenty eight, Trump twenty like it just keeps going every four years into oblivion essentially, which Yeah, it's not how this works. Well, I saw something really unsettling from a white nationalist Facebook group that somebody on my friends list had been. Are you friends with a white nationalist? No. I'm friends with somebody who got a hold of this through a group that's against white nationalism that they saw this and was like, holy shit, we have to share this because it's it's terrifying. Okay, good. Here's what it was. So Trump 2020, it was, you know, it was Trump 2016, Trump 2020, Ivanka 2024, Ivanka 2028. Ivanka can't Don Jr. Well, not under Trump's world. I mean, his daughter they, could be, but yeah, that's okay. Go on. Sorry. Um, anyways, it was just showing like all of the different people in his family, all eventually of his becoming kids a kingdom. Becoming, yes, absolutely. It passed power to spouse, then child, then down and down it goes. Yeah, no, not not to Melania Trump, bro. To Ivanka, that's his oh daughter. Ivanka, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No worries. So it'd they're, be they're, like they're very they're very similar. It happens. So senior Ivanka for two terms, Don Junior for two terms, Eric for two terms, and then Baron would be old enough for two terms. That's how they're looking at this. Gross. Also, like super gross. Do they even want? I don't know. Do they even want to be president? Probably not, but it's it's the lure of something. I'm sorry, different. guys. Yeah, you're okay. It because I feel like no matter what, like once Trump leaves office, there the power of a former president is still pretty strong. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know how Trump's legacy once he leaves the White House is going to be, and I think that's why they're going to try to make it to where he doesn't leave the White House, because how can you get away with murder if you never leave the office? This reminds me so much of House of Cards. Creepy, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, and it, uh, Because he's taking basically a, a page out of the Mueller report. It says, the, if Trump wasn't president, could this happen? Like, yeah. So he's seeing like, oh, if I never leave office, or if I, if I do leave office, and I leave a child in charge. They will not let anything happen to me. Essentially, exactly. It safeguards me. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Here's my real thought, like real talk, bro. He cancels the election or attempts to cancel the election. 
our country is going to fucking riot. There is well, going to be literal riots. Well, I'm my my fear is like I doubt that he would cancel election. That he would just disagree with the results. That it could be a clear cut loss, and he would he would say this has been tampered with and just refuse to concede. That that's what I that's my fear is that he would. Well, I, th- about- I think that we would ha- have military men ready to remove him. There has to be people within that are ready to stand up, like well, and this, Colonel this is, Inman. And this has never been a thing before. There's always been a smooth transition of power. Like there's been no precedent for this. There, every president has known that when their term is done, January twenty first, they pack up their well, they don't pack up their stuff. People pack up their stuff, but they. They leave. There's never been like, essentially a um. What do they call it when someone just like, stays at a place that they're not supposed to be? Squatter. Yeah, essentially. There's never they've never had You're a de- squatter. Yeah, they've never had to deal with someone who just like refuses to leave because they, they've never had to force a sitting president out of a place before. Squatter in chief. Yeah, that would. But I, I honestly, that's my thing. Like. Everything could go smoothly. He could lose. I guess he could contest the results and try and drag it out into essentially kind of what we saw in uh, 2000 when there was no president until they just had to take it to the Supreme Court to be like, yeah, you're you're president. Okay, moving on. Like, So, so okay. let me ask you a question, bro. Just a quick one. Mm-hmm. If... if uh... That dark timeline happens and Trump refuses to leave. What are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? Yeah. We all have to think about this question. It's fucked up, I know. But, like, we as a people at some point have got to stand up and be like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, if the election doesn't get it done or the election gets it done and he doesn't accept it and there is a battle for power what are not and i don't mean just you ap but i just like proverbial you the person listening also what are you gonna do about it like it's and it's weird because i kind of feel semi-powerless in the situation it's not like we can just go we're not all gonna rush the white house to take him out like we're taking a maybe saudi a motherfucker will who knows bro I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna try and force like a saudi king out of his bunker at this point like it's I, but I honestly don't know what would happen. I'm just saying 2.5 million Americans marching against the White House in one mass movement of like, no, this will not stand. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, it, it's happening in France right now, bro. I'm just saying. Right. I, I think it, it would definitely be an unexpected event. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I really don't know how that would shake out. Because I think the fear of casualty thing will keep a lot of people from trying to like mount a invasion of the White House. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. <laughs> That's I don't know. Like I, I was just thinking the same exact words. Like I don't know, bro. Like, like I, I, I definitely wouldn't be at the front of the line trying to. I don't know. It, yeah, it, I want to be like eighteenth or twentieth in the line. I I would hope it wouldn't come to that. I'd hope that he would be strongly encouraged to accept it with dignity and not go kicking and screaming. 
which he will immediately do on Twitter once he's out of office. Well, you 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 know that Trump's not going anywhere. Even if he loses, he's still going to be such a vocal person. He's not going to let the next president have any spotlight time. Spotlight, yeah. Um, he's going to disagree with everything. He will be on Twitter more than he is now because he'll have more free time. Unless he's in prison. Uh, he'll still find a way to tweet. He'll have circuits. <laughs> hey, I'm going to call you. You need to tweet this out for me. I mean, exact he, puncu- punctuations. He doesn't write his own tweets now. That's terrifying. He has, he has, he kind of has like Twitter speechwriters that use things like they, they draft things in his like language and then he decides which one goes out at which time. So like there's someone who has to like understand how Trump talks and then draft tweets that he thinks he would say and be like, how about this? Like that is bizarre. When does that guy quit his fucking job? That guy has That's got to be a fucking if, if terrible the, job. If that guy gets really good at it, like what what kind of mindset do you have to live in? Oh, also true. How fucking dark and fucked up. Like and also like you just have a useless skill after that point. It's like I can just make up make Trump tweets whenever I feel like it. What's your superpower? Like I don't I don't know. It's like the, uh, did you ever watch, um, The Good Place on, uh, Netflix? No. It just ended, it's a, a bike sure show, they do like Parks and Rec in the office and stuff. But there was, um, okay. they went to the, um, they, in the, in the show they went to a place which was like, um, it was basically like, it was like a large accounting office that was essentially judged people's good and bad deeds. And there was one guy's job who was, he was only responsible for weird sex stuff. That he has to like okay. document as like being like good or bad stuff, and like like I feel like that's like that guy's job is just like he has to deal with all <laughs> this shit. Like, there's oh. ten thousand new weird th- sex things today. Like, oh god. Uh, it's like great. Now I have to filter it through Trump. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's like I have to deal with. Um... Oh my god, it's getting too late. So I'm starting to like forget who people are. Um... I forget. Wh- uh, Wines. Uh... Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. How about the 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 sketches from the the court proceeding of like nude pictures of him and people are like ah oh my god what yeah if you, uh, the whole that that whole trial that's been going on right now against him I didn't I didn't know there were pictures of him naked floating around that's gross. no there's not actual pictures but there's courtroom sketches of people sharing the pictures so it's a sketch of a picture. Oh shit! It kind of looks like a, like not like a gremlin, but it's just like a lot of shape. A lot of shape. That's amazing. It's very, yeah, unsettling. Shapely. That, that that's a whole. It's a good. The whole thing with the 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 Me Too and the whole Weinstein thing is showing that like a person who did have a lot of power and now he has next to none. And is walking with a fucking walker. Yeah. And I feel like some of that is, like, self-imposed. Like, whenever, like, a person, like, goes to jail for gets murder, like, shows up in weaker than they seem. Because it gets, feel like it gets them sympathy. Okay. You see, well, you're right. He's probably a son of a bitch and bastard that would fake his own pain. Well, it's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like people who go in for, like, when there's, like, a car accident that they were, like, the victim of. They'll always, like, wear a neck brace. or they'll, It's just playing the victim. 
playing up your playing up the sympathy. Have a question. It's dark. It's probably going to get people pissed off at me, but I'm going to tell a joke right now. Okay, go ahead. Do you think do you think Rush Limbaugh's really pissed off and hates his lungs now cuz they're black? <laughs> wow. That that is <laughs> that's rough. Uh, <laughs> you're like ah, I don't know how to navigate those waters, man. My bad. Yeah. Definitely disagree with Rush Limbaugh. Me too. Also, as well. I just uh, made a me too joke. Shit. Oh my gosh. We need to get out of here before we we slip. It's 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 a late night. We were recording this after we watched the watched the Oscars, and it was like, oh. I was, in, I was in a very good mood following the Oscars. Now it's like I fell back into the dark hole that was this past week. Ugh, yeah, but it's going to be okay because we had a bunch of great Oscar stuff that we're going to be discussing very soon. It's going to be a really great conversation. And it'll be a politics-free conversation, which we'll, we'll get into it next week. But like the Oscars are relatively political-free. It was definitely pro-environment and conservation and just being a good person and good to others. But it wasn't – there was never any specific – political speeches that stood out to me word i feel you there man Mm -hmm. but let's uh let's wrap this up we've uh definitely talked a lot i'm sure it was definitely heavy for a lot of people that were listening in but definitely can only go up from here right we can we can learn today we're gonna learn today but we can we can only hope the next next weeks will be better yeah, man. I hope that next week we're not talking about the fallout from the crazy New Hampshire primary where everything went wrong. Well, you saw that. Uh, I think Nevada like decided just to get rid of the app. They're like, no, we're going it the old-fashioned way because we're not going to have a an incident like this. Only one way to ensure no tomfoolery: paper fucking ballots. Yeah, let's. Because I know if there ever became a point where like voting became mostly digital, there's going to be so many ways to mess that up. Yeah, or that's fuck how, it up and That's how Robin system. Williams became president in that movie. Yeah. Do you remember that movie where like they had the company made voting machines and there was a weird glitch in the system that like if Yeah, what, what was that called though? I can't remember. Man the of film. the Year. Man of the Year, yes. Because basically Robin Williams was playing John Stewart, essentially. And because of like the letters of his name messed with the algorithm of the system that he got a certain number of votes, which led him to win. And then, like, the company behind it was, like, trying to prevent that from getting out because of their wealth and all this from being, like, the voting system. Such like if Google had the power to, like, do voting, how they would, like, if something happened out negatively against it, they'd be like, well, let's not let that see the light of day. Yeah, let's squash that story out. Yeah, so basically that was that. And I think it was, like, Jeff Goldblum was that guy. Like was like yeah. was like the head of that company, and I was like, "Yes, I gotta revisit that movie. It was good. Like it was good, uh, very good. Who was um? Who was the old actor? Like I'm just I'm forgetting all the names right now. Christopher Walken was the uh, was his like campaign manager. He was like the producer on his show, and then became his campaign manager. It was uh I need to revisit that movie now. I think I still have it. I'll have to go watch it. Yeah, that was a 2006 film. Yeah. I would say that would be a good... John Stewart would be a good guy, but I don't think he has any interest in public office. No, I think a lot of people would hate him if he went and ran for office because he's more progressive than anybody would really admit. 
Well, it's like um, how Al Franken was before all that stuff came out against him. Since he yeah. he came from humor and he had his own points, and he was just he was he was always wasn't afraid to say it like it was. But mm. but uh, let's uh, but we'll go ahead and get out of here for this week. Definitely stay tuned tomorrow, where Nate and I will be back together talking about the Oscars on the Foodies Watching Movies Special Number Four Three. Four or five. It's it's we're getting up there. We're sneaking up there. Yeah, it's it's fun, uh, but it'll be it won't be this. It'll be much more lighthearted. There's a lot of hopefulness from the past Oscars that are worth discussing, and you'll probably know it up- might not be it might not be as lighthearted if we end up talking about uncut gems. I got to get that onto the onto the thing. Yeah, I know Liz and I want to watch it. I heard it's a it's a oh. trip and a half to watch. It's a very 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 well. I'll save this for after the podcast, but yes, you need to watch it. Yeah, those Safty those Safty brothers are are in, insane. But and uh, but we saw that Adam Sandler won the Indie Spirit Award for Best Actor for that film. So cool, well deserved. Yes. So, but I haven't seen it yet, so we'll have to talk about that. But hopefully, I'll, maybe I'll get a chance to see it before Tuesday, and we can discuss that as well. Sounds good, brother. All right. Man. Well, thank you so much, Nate, for being on here. We had a great discussion. I feel like we could, Thanks whenever again we're, for having me. Yeah, thank you. Whenever I feel like whenever we're together, we could always talk for hours, and maybe one day we'll have the opportunity. Maybe as we get closer to the election, we'll do some uh, extended specials. Ooh, all about it. Maybe even like a live of the one of like the the whenever we get to like the Trump versus whoever debate, those will be fun to maybe do commentaries of. Love it, love it, absolutely. We'll Sign see. me the fuck up. We'll see that. 2020 will definitely be a year of a lot of interesting content from 4360, so definitely stay tuned for that. But as always, thank you for joining me here. This has been episode 57 of Poor360. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and my guest, who is always welcome on the show, Nate Phillips. Thank you again. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, you guys have a great week. Bye.